Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the final face-off. President Trump and Joe Biden meet in Music City for the last 2020 debate. With just 12 days to go, can either candidate change voters' minds? The biggest difference this time? Will muting their mics for a portion of the debate stop interruptions? Plus tonight, in our 60 Minutes interview, we ask Biden if he's elected, would he add more justices to the Supreme Court? There's a number of alternatives that are go well beyond packing. This is a live ball. Oh, it is a live ball. Disrupting our election. Tonight, what and who national security officials say is the gravest threat to the U.S. between now and Election Day? Breaking news, the experimental drug remdesivir given to the president is now the first approved coronavirus treatment. And Pfizer starts to enroll children in its trials, as the FDA is concerned Americans won't want to get a vaccine. Plus, the story of a Minnesota man who battled coronavirus for 208 days. He is finally home. Food insecurity in America. Half of parents in New York City have skipped meals in the pandemic. And we meet a mother of three who can't afford a birthday cake for her son. Fast-moving wildfire. The fire burning 70 football fields a minute. Tonight, flames and smoke descend on parts of Colorado. Santa Claus not coming to town? Why, for the first time in 159 years, jolly old St. Nick won't greet children at Macy's. And proving you're never too old to try something new, a rookie skydiver throws caution to the wind at 102 years young. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell.
Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with that final face-off between President Trump and Joe Biden just hours from now. Tonight's debate is not only the last showdown between the presidential candidates, it may be their last best chance to make their case to voters before Election Day. As many as 75 million Americans are expected to tune in as the candidates take the stage in Nashville tonight. And while that town is known as Music City, for the first time at a presidential debate, each candidate's microphone will be muted at certain times when his opponent speaks. President Trump enters the debate hall behind in nearly every critical battleground state and looking to try and change the direction of the campaign, even as polls show almost all likely voters have already made up their minds. Front and center tonight will be the president's handling of the coronavirus pandemic as new infections continue to surge in 39 states. And as we come on the air, there's that breaking news about one of the drugs President Trump was given after he was infected with the virus. The FDA says it is approving remdesivir as a COVID treatment, allowing it to be used in hospitals nationwide. That's just one of several headlines tonight, including new details about Russian attempts to hack into computers used by state and local governments. So as you can see, there's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents covering it all. CBS's Nicole Killian is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Nashville. Good evening, Nicole. Good evening, Nora. Both candidates view tonight's debate as one of their last opportunities to present a clear contrast and speak directly to tens of millions of viewers. Right now, President Trump trails Joe Biden nationally and in many swing states. And with over 47 million people who have already voted, time is running short. Tonight, a Music City matchup with muted mics. Well, I think the mute is very unfair. Hopefully he's going to play by the rules. Hopefully everybody's been tested. Hopefully it's all worked out. Each candidate now gets two minutes of uninterrupted time in their final face-off following a contentious clash in Cleveland. Will you shut up, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? And a scrapped second showdown. Hopefully people could get more out of it rather than watching a, you know, a, a mud fight or a... A fraternity fight. A Trump campaign advisor tells CBS News the president will abide by the rules, but cautions if the need arises, he may take matters into his own hands. Ahead of the debate, the president has remained on the attack against his own top health advisor, Anthony Fauci, and even tonight's debate moderator. After complaining about her questions, this week the president cut short an interview with CBS's Leslie Stahl for 60 minutes. Today he released a copy of it recorded by his staff. In a statement, CBS News called that unprecedented, saying it violated an agreement the White House made to only use its video for archival purposes. In this excerpt from 60 Minutes, President Trump said he would like to see the end of Obamacare. Well, we're going to have to see what happens. It's got a ways to go. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think, I think it'll end. Uh, I think, I, I hope that they end it. It'll be so good if they and end if it. And if they end it. Because we will come up with a plan. Will. Which will be a, yeah, we will. But you said it would already. We have large sections of it already done. And we've already come up with plans. Biden has mostly remained off the trail for debate prep. His campaign says it expects the president to go after his son, Hunter. The former vice president could also face more questions on court packing after this exchange on 60 Minutes with Nora O'Donnell. If elected, what I will do is I'll put together a national commission of bipartisan commission of scholars, constitutional scholars, Democrats, Republicans, liberal, conservative, and I will uh, ask them to, over a 
180 days, come back to me with recommendations as to how to uh, reform the court system because it's getting out of whack, um, the way in which it's being handled. And it's not about court packing. There's a number of other things that our constitutional scholars have debated, and I'd look to see what recommendations that commission might make. So you're telling us you're going to study this issue about whether to pack the court? No, whether there's a number of alternatives that are go well beyond packing. So I'm asking you to bring this thing home. In a new video, former President Barack Obama made another appeal to swing state voters who haven't cast ballots. Voters we spoke with all wanted a more civil debate. You can't talk over each other. You have to let the American people listen to each thing that they say. I'm hoping that they can stay on task without as many attacks on each other. One undecided voter in Wisconsin said tonight could make the difference. I'm uh, swaying towards Trump, but uh, hoping, toward, hoping somebody just changed my mind. President Trump brought the First Lady with him tonight, and this will be her first public appearance since recovering from the coronavirus. Both candidates tested negative for COVID-19 today, but there will no longer be plexiglass dividers in between the two men. Nora. Nicole Killian, thank you. And tonight I'll be joined by Gail King and John Dickerson for live coverage of the debate that's beginning at 9 Eastern. And there's much more of our interviews with both presidential candidates. That's this Sunday on 60 Minutes. Tonight, we're following several new developments in the COVID-19 pandemic. The mayor of Chicago is imposing a 10 p.m. curfew starting tomorrow for bars, restaurants and most businesses as that city faces a new spike in cases. And the FDA has just approved the first COVID treatment. CBS's Janet Shamlin has more. Breaking news tonight, a major milestone. The FDA approving the first and only treatment for coronavirus in the U.S., remdesivir, now available in hospitals nationwide after manufacturing ramped up earlier this year. You called it also a significant step. Why is that? This is the first drug in the eight-month history of this pesky virus that is FDA-approved, which certainly has benefit, I think, and used in the right setting. The key is the right setting, but it's not a home run. The experimental drug was previously authorized only for emergency use and was used to treat the president. The news coming as coronavirus hotspots worsen. El Paso reporting more than 1,100 new cases today. Unless we do something to control this, uh, this high increase in COVID-positive exposures, uh, we'll quickly run out of resources. 39 states report their average number of new cases is rising. Hospitalizations are climbing in 36 states and straining resources. For all the numbers, it's the names and faces that best illustrate the devastating toll. 33-year-old Patrick Buchanan worked at an elder care center in Indianapolis when he contracted COVID. He was hospitalized only a day before he died. And there's hope tonight in stories of survival. 50-year-old Chris Hilty battled coronavirus since March, including two months on a ventilator. Today, healthy, he finally returned home. And tonight, Wisconsin is reporting its highest single-day COVID death toll since the pandemic started, and also that it has admitted its first patient to that field hospital set up at the state fairgrounds. Nora? Janet Chamlian, thank you. And tonight, intelligence officials are sounding the alarm on Iranian hackers, accusing them of using fake media sites to spread stolen U.S. voter registration data and misinformation. And CBS's Jeff Pegues reports there's a new alert about attacks from Russia. 
The cybersecurity alert says the Russian hacks began last month, targeting dozens of government and aviation computer networks in the United States, successfully obtaining data from at least two victim servers. Since 2016, Russian hackers have posed the greatest threat to U.S. election systems. In that election, it is widely assumed that they scanned and probed voter databases in all 50 states. Today's alert proves they haven't stopped. I think that mail-in voting is a terrible thing. This comes as CBS News has obtained a video that intelligence officials say was emailed by Iranian hackers claiming to be the Proud Boys along with this threat. You will vote for Trump on Election Day or we will come after you. Today, Google revealed that the culprits attempted to send 25,000 emails to Gmail accounts, but only 10% made it through the company's spam filter. I think that uh, our adversaries would like to, they're going to be really successful if they can cause people to call and to question the validity of the election, the results of the election. Russian hackers actually breached Illinois' voter database in 2016, which remains a target. We do want the public to know that as far as we are concerned, we are under attack 24-7. And given the threat from Russian hackers, the Department of Homeland Security is working with election systems in all 50 states to protect voter databases. There is no doubt, Nora, that U.S. investigators still believe that Russian hackers pose the greatest threat between now and Election Day. All right, uh, Jeff Begays, thank you. Gusty winds sent red flag fire warnings up tonight across northern California, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. Two rapidly growing wildfires could merge into one mega fire in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. CBS's Omar Villafranca is in the fire zone tonight. It's getting worse. The worst some here have ever seen. Thick smoke and fire closing in on homes, terrifying residents of Grand County, Colorado. On, I don't even know if you guys can hear me. Including Carrie Ann Mathis, who took this cell phone video. We're not taking the chance, we're getting out. Driven by high winds and dead dry timber, the fire grew at a staggering pace overnight, exploding from 19,000 acres to more than 125,000 acres in mere hours. Grand County Sheriff Brett Schrotland. 100,000 acres. Um, never, ever expected. We planned for the worst. This is the worst of the worst of the worst. This security video captures the scene as fire overtakes a home in Grand Lake. Nearly 300 firefighters are battling the flames in dense wooded hills as the fire spreads into Rocky Mountain Park. Thousands of residents are under mandatory evacuation orders, and firefighters anticipate difficult days ahead. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Denver, Colorado. Now to Congress. Tonight, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says there won't be time for a vote on a $2 trillion stimulus before the election. But one vote is on the fast track today. Amy Coney Barrett is one step closer to a seat on the Supreme Court. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. I just find this to be a surreal environment we're in. It was a strange scene during a key vote. Mr. Grassley. Aye. Nearly half the Judiciary Committee, all the Democrats, were absent having walked out in protest. We are boycotting this illegitimate hearing. In their seats, they left posters of Americans who stand to lose coverage if Obamacare is struck down by a more conservative Supreme Court. Mrs. Feinstein, 
But those posters can't vote. And so Republicans unanimously approved Judge Amy Coney Barrett 12 to 0. The committee did the right thing. Republicans have moved at lightning speed and are set to confirm Barrett just 38 days after the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. By comparison, they sat on President Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland for 293 days and never held a vote. Senate leader Mitch McConnell plans to keep the Senate in session all weekend so he can hold a final confirmation vote for Barrett on Monday. He wants to move quickly because he's got about 10 Republican senators who are locked in tough re-election battles who want to get home to campaign. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Tonight we want to focus on food insecurity as 787,000 Americans filed for first-time unemployment claims last week. That is the lowest weekly total since March, but 23 million Americans are still out of work. Tonight, Mark Strassman reports on the growing struggle to feed families. I'm sad, but I'm trying to cope with it. Ariel Kina Pizarro is struggling in the Bronx. She's a single Latina mother with three young sons, all with special needs. I tell them, like, if I don't have a job, if mommy's not working, mommy cannot bring food to the table. 1.4 million people live in the Bronx, almost all of them black or Latino. This COVID economy has hit minority communities especially hard. The Bronx unemployment rate, almost 19%. Pizarro now relies on food banks. In May, her grandfather, also her babysitter, died from COVID. She couldn't afford to hire a sitter, so Pizarro had to quit her job as a home health aide. My son's birthday is this week on a 24. I can't even buy him a birthday cake. Good morning. This is the Houston Food Bank. In three hours, it fed more than 2,000 households, many of them minority families. Sergio Escamilla has eight children. I'm struggling, like, uh, needing a little bit more food for my kids since uh, they're not going to school right now. During the pandemic, half of New York City parents report skipping or skimping on meals. Pizarro has $45 left to her name. I want my life back. Look at you. But she'd settle for something more modest, a birthday cake for her son. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. I made a big mess. Tonight, the mayor of Waukegan, Illinois, is calling for a calm after the deadly police shooting of a black teenager. Protesters took to the streets today over the killing of 19-year-old Marcella Stinnett and the wounding of 20-year-old Tafara Williams. Investigators say the officer, who is Hispanic, opened fire as the couple's car rolled in reverse towards him and that the couple had fled from another officer earlier Tuesday night. No weapons were found in the car. And now another sign of the times during this pandemic. COVID has forced Macy's to cancel in-person visits with Santa Claus at its flagship store in New York and its stores in Chicago and San Francisco. Santa will appear at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This was a special day in Columbia, Maryland, which honored one of its own, a World War II veteran. For more than a century, she has never stopped reaching new heights. Here's CBS's Chip Reed. Millie Bailey says she always wanted to go skydiving. She recently checked that off her bucket list at the age of 102. Tell me what it was like to jump out of that plane. It was great. At one point, the wind had gotten pretty 
strong and I was tumbling and I felt like I was by myself and I wondered where the paratrooper had gone. She calls it the thrill of a lifetime, a lifetime that's been full of thrills. One of the biggest, she says, was meeting President Obama, who honored her military service. In World War II, she joined the Women's Army Corps, rising to unit commander, and was one of only two African-American women in her class at Adjutant General School. She retired from government service 45 years ago. Did you slow down when you retired? Not really. And one more thrill. Today, this park in Columbia, Maryland, was named for her in honor of her decades of charitable good works. Having conquered skydiving, she now has her sights set on the next big thrill. I still would like to meet Michelle Obama. That would take the last thing off my bucket list. And we're guessing she'll find a way to make that happen, too. Chipri, CBS News, Columbia, Maryland. So we asked Millie if she wanted to go skydiving again. She said, no, one time was enough. Tonight, I'll be joined by Gail King and John Dickerson for CBS News live coverage of the presidential debate. That's beginning at 9 Eastern, 6 in the West. And if you can't watch the CBS Evening News live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon for the debate. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.